1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
0: What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFM Premier NFL Draft Podcast. Ali, one week, one week, man. We have been waiting so long. We've been writing. We're doing scouting reports. We are seven days away from the 2022 NFL draft gonna be six days when this podcast comes out but we are on the home stretch the finish line is in sight and we still have a ton to talk about so Ali real quick man how you doing I know we got a lot to talk about today yeah we are this is the action-packed
1: show with action-packed players I'm ready to get into the action I'm ready for the action
0: of the NFL draft as well less than a week to go let's get it on let's break let's get it going let's get it going all right so for those of you you know we still got some itinerary for the next few shows uh next week on monday gonna be talking about quarterbacks that is the the big daddy uh, of the positional groups in the 2022 nfl draft that is the headliner Uh, a lot to talk about there so we will have a lot uh coming up for that monday episode and then obviously a preview on the uh, wednesday before but today we're going through the defensive line the edge rusher group and the defensive line interior defensive line group we're going to start with the interior defensive line we'll just get right into it because we do have a lot to cover in this show so the first thing you know we were breaking it up before you know earlier today and i want to ask you Ollie, because i feel like this interior defensive line group you know there's a lot of guys at the top and it's pretty consensus who the guys at the top are but i feel like the order can vary depending on who you ask so i want to ask you what is your top five interior defensive line group and and why you know what what went into forming that order for you okay so we're going to start with a big man right at the very top
1: for me jordan davis um is my top ranked defensive tackle i want to before we get into the rest of the guys i want to just really say how close the next five guys well certainly the next three guys that we're going to talk about really close on my um top 300 big board Um, because I don't think there's a lot to split between them. And I think they bring a lot of different elements to the game in a lot of different ways. Um, But for me, when I look at Jordan Davis um, and what he's achieved in his development of his game this year, which is something we've talked about on the show previously and certainly within the Twitter spaces, is looking back as we finalise scouting reports, looking back against the summer scouting reports, how have these guys been able to develop their game now how much of that can they then take into the NFL? And I look at Jordan Davis, a guy who, yes, naturally his size is the key thing that stands out when you look at him just on paper. Size, imposing gap filler, who routinely attracts double teams and allows his teammates to go to work. You know, you look at some of the successful pass rushes that Georgia have have had while Jordan Davis has been on the field. His very presence... Has allowed those um, guys to go to work. Guy who plays with a strong anchor against the run game, violent punch, the length to manipulate, thirty-four inch arms on his six foot six three and eighth, uh, three eighths height, three forty-one pounds. Then there's the athletic capability, which obviously we saw at the combine. That's there in numbers. The ten relative athletic score, the four seven eight forty. 1.63 1.63 10 split, which is incredible when you think a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau had a one, late one 1.5 10 split. And this is Jordan Davis is nearly 100 pounds heavier than Kayvon Thibodeau. 32-inch the again, for a guy that's 341 pounds, 10 foot broad, 10 foot three broad, should I say. The athletic numbers are incredible, but I believe when you look at Jordan Davis, that translates to his tape as well. Speed and change of direction for his size is ludicrous. You've seen it on tape in terms of him being able to chase down ball carriers. I I, I remember vividly an image of him chasing down Joe Burrow when um, Georgia played LSU in 2019. Just incredible when you think of the size differences between those two human beings. Watching Jordan Davis fly, I remarked, it was like a steam train. To be able to get from this middle of field, centre field, all the way to the sideline and take Joe Burrow out, Just incredible athletic capability for a guy of his size. Covers ground so well. And then I look at the off-field stuff with Jordan Davis, a guy who came back to Georgia this year. He could have declared for the NFL draft. He came back to Georgia to be a team captain, to be a leader. And what did he do? He led Georgia to a college football national championship. Now there's concerns, of course, with Jordan Davis. He hasn't been able to be consistently on the field for Georgia. Some of that is to do with conditioning. Some of that is to do with the way that Georgia rotates their defense. And when you've got a team that is so packed with talent, you know, Devontae Wyatt is a guy we're we're probably both going to talk about at some point in the next 10, 15 minutes. You've got plenty of talent. They rotate that talent a lot. and So there's a part of that. Yes, the conditioning is a problem. But if he can work to keep that conditioning high, I don't see why Jordan Davis can't see a substantial uptick in his amount of time that he spends on the field. And if you've got a kid on the field who can – attract double teams the way he does, allow your defense to go to work, clog up the rushing lanes. I think he's underrated in terms of his ability to get to the quarterback. It's something that statistically doesn't stand out, but I think you've shown significant improvement in that area um, this season compared to last. For me, I think Jordan Davis, very close, but for me, he's my top ranked defensive tackle in the class.
0: Yeah, and who would be two, three, four, five for you? Just real quick.
1: Yeah, so um, number two, Perry on Winfrey, a guy who I know has, re- has has recently gotten a lot of attention because of his performances at the senior ball. His athletic testing was pretty pretty strong as well. Didn't didn't re- test in every um, every possible drill. It doesn't have an overall relative athletic score, but that's a guy who's explosive, powerful, got the length, got the grip strength, versatile guy who can play from nose all the way out to five tech. Showcase some technical ability, a former Juco product who is still developing his game. And I think he showed some of that at Oklahoma. I know we've both been high on Perry on Winfrey compared to the national consensus as this season has progressed. uh, progressed, He's he's been a a top 30 player, top 35 player on our uh, top 50 big board that we released every month throughout the season with consistency. I, I love Perry on Winfrey. Travis Jones is number three for me. And again, these guys are all very close. I love Travis Jones. Um as his, his ability to to plug gaps the lower body strength strong anchor leg drive to collapse the pocket you could argue he probably possesses more pass rush up, upside than than jordan davis powerful punch well-timed hands good speed and hand placement um with the length that he's got as well at over 34 inch arms on his six foot frame again another versatile guy those three for me i think are very close and then at four i've got Devonte wyatt Explosive first step, powerful, instant impact maker who can knock a a guy down with one strike. Impressive athlete in his own regard. I think this is something that gets overlooked because of what Jordan Davis did at the combine. But Devontae Wyatt is a very capable athlete in his own right. There is some emerging late in the process off the field stuff with Devontae Wyatt. We should probably add that in now while we're talking about these prospects because something like that could impact where he lands on draft boards and rightly so. But at this moment in time, with the limited amount of information that we have on that, I still think he's a top five player at his position. Um, but that that really is a situation that could play out differently. And then at, at number five, Logan Hall out of Houston. Taller, leaner um, than most of the other guys on this list. Extremely fleet footed, athletic defensive tackle prospect who can play anywhere you like, really. When you look at how he's played for Houston on the edge as an interior defensive player, good, low, good leg drive, strong lower body, heavy handed, decent anchor, despite the relatively small th- um, size compared to some of these guys on this list. And um, so that's for me Jordan Davis, Perry on Winfrey, Travis Jones, Devontae Wyatt, Logan Hall.
0: I love the differentiation that we're going to have here. That was one thing, you know, looking at, you know, before the podcast, we're kind of previewing. I was like, okay, we are disagreeing more and more. We're going to have a fight at some point on the podcast. I can't (laughs) wait for that. But today, yeah, I mean, pretty different list. Kind of the same mix of guys. My DT1 at the moment is Devontae Wyatt. Now, I don't have anyone in my top 20, I think, at defensive tackle. It's not one of those classes that has a blue chip guy. Devontae Wyatt, for me, you know, I, I, the size is one thing that I don't weigh it super heavily because, again, you, you have a mold of defensive tackle that can be successful without elite size. And at the same time, you know, as I'll talk about with Jordan Davis, I think size, you know, if you have too much of it can be a hindrance sometimes, but we'll we'll get into that later. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, explosive. The lateral agility on this guy is insane. I mean, he can stunt gaps like nobody else in this class. Very good at manipulating leverage right off the snap. Explosive, high motor guy. Really good at, you know, manipulating those angles and getting displacement early against offensive linemen who can't match him athletically because he's too quick. Um, He's got violent hands. He's shown he can generate power. He's got some ankle flexion, some flexibility too, to get around guys when he does have that inside leverage. Uh, and then he finishes plays as well. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Wyatt in that sense. Perry and Winfrey, my DT2 right behind him. I could you know, I could see an argument for Winfrey being over him because Winfrey is younger. Wyatt's going to be a 24 year old rookie. Uh, Winfrey's definitely younger and he has 35 inch arms. So you look at Winfrey with that explosiveness, that length a uh, very very fun combo with a i think an elite ceiling as a pass rusher And the thing that gives me solace with Winfrey, you know, still has a way to go with his leverage, his pad level and his hand usage, but he played nose and one tech a lot at Oklahoma. I don't think he has the frame to hold up in that role at the NFL. I don't don't think he should play that. I think he's your classic three tech, put him, you know, just outside the guard's shoulder and let him eat in that role. I think he can be phenomenal in that role. And as we saw at the senior bowl, when he was able to pin his ears back in those one-on-one situations, he was dominant. Nobody could stop him. So Perry and Winfrey, very high on him my third is Travis Jones uh Travis Jones and this is something that we'll get into in a minute Travis Jones versus Jordan Davis I mean actually we we get into it right now I'll just I'll give my 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 four and my five real quick because uh, I've got my rankings pulled up here but my defensive tackle four and five uh Jordan Davis is my four and then DeMarvin Leal for the moment is my five I think Leal is an interesting one cuz where do you fit him I think he's got versatility um, You can put him at, at strong side, defensive end, and 4-3 under front. You can put him at 3-tech if you want to. He's a versatile guy. I think all the tools are there. We've talked about him before. They don't show up in conjunction very often on tape. But you do see that elite lateral agility, the burst off the line, you know, the violent, powerful hands. It's all there. I'd love to get him in my room and use him and move him around because I do think that the talent is there. I, I think that he shows a little bit better athleticism on tape than what he tested with. Uh, big fan of him. And You know, Logan Hall is right there, though. It's, it's really close between him and Hall. I just think with Hall, I think he's a little less flexible. Then DeMarvin Leal, you see Hall, I think one of the biggest issues on his tape is that he pops up with a high pad level a lot off the snap. And he's a tall guy, so it can be hard for him to regulate that. Very good power capacity, violent hands. He has a sick swim move, that arm over. He he loves that move, but he, he can love it because he's good at it, you know. But that's my top five. Ali, let's pivot real quick. Jordan Davis versus Travis Jones. My stance on this, and then I'll get your take. Travis Jones, for me, I like him a little bit more than Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is a phenomenal talent. I mean, the, the athletic testing numbers definitely pop off the page. And I do think, you know, there's there's talk out there that he doesn't have power. That's just, that's false. He has power. He's a powerful dude. He's got great play strength. Um, I think the thing with me with Jordan Davis is that Right now he's not super consistent in channeling that power. You know, you see him two things that I think really need to improve on his tape, the pad level again, and that kind of goes back to the size being a hindrance. He is a big dude. And you know, sometimes, especially with big dude, you know, having the having to transfer your weight, he's not very good at that yet because there's a lot of weight to transfer, especially on pass rushing downs, the lateral agility, you know, the explosiveness, it shows and flashes but very inconsistent with the utilization right now, the channeling. And I think the power, you can say the same thing for that. You know, he, he does have testing explosiveness, but I didn't see that elite first step as much as I would have liked to as a pass rusher. I think Jordan Davis is honestly really similar to Trayvon Walker for me in that sense. Both of them are phenomenal athletic talents for their position, but both very raw in the hand usage spectrum, channeling their athletic traits. I think Jordan Davis has a lot more security because there's a specific role for him. You know, it's not just where do you put him like Walker with Jordan Davis? You know, he can be an elite two gapper right away, right? But the pass rushing upside isn't quite there for me to say he's my top defensive tackle in my top three with Travis Jones. You see the explosiveness off the line. You see the lateral agility. He has that on top of the violent hands, the power capacity, the upper body torque, the hot motor. I think Travis Jones is a lot more reliable in terms of playing more reps. Uh, And then at the senior bowl, he showed that power. So me personally. I prefer the one with more pass rushing utility right away and I think that Jones does have comparable upside down the line but tell me why you have Jordan Davis over um over Jones because I do think you could go either way.
1: Yeah, and for me uh, the 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 uh, athletic capability that I mentioned with Jordan Davis and and I get um where you're coming from in terms of the explosion and um, with Jordan Davis but I think as a lateral athlete, as a guy who um can get after um running backs and get after the quarterback um with more um speed than uh, that I think Jordan Davis is that guy. Now Travis Jones is a phenomenal prospect. Um and and he's really um altered his mindset um and also as a byproduct of that his physical appearance over his time at UConn because this is a guy who was the same weight at one point as Jordan Davis despite being 2 inches shorter he's really slimmed down and that has helped with some of the athletic ability. He's weighed in at a senior ball at, at the combine, sorry, should I say at £325, and I think that will make a difference to, to his game. Um, when I watched him, um, I, I kind of felt like his pass, pass rush threat, you can see that there could be a very high um, upside with his pass rush ability. If he can develop a pass rush plan, there was a lot of just bull rushes in his armory um and speed rushes against less athletic tackles. Now he's not going to be able to face less athletic tackles at the NFL level on, on the whole. Um, so when I look at um Travis Jones, I think yes, the pass rush capability is there. But as I said when I was talking about Jordan Davis, for me, I I feel like his pass rush ability developed through this season far greater than where it was at the start of the campaign Um so I, I, as i said I, I think these three guys davis winfrey and jones are all very very close um and it may be that travis jones develops into the better player at the nfl level especially if jordan davis can't increase his conditioning to be a more reliable and consistent um um prospect in terms of being able to stay on the field longer. and um, But right now for me, I feel like Jordan Davis, in terms of how he eats up double teams with that sheer size that he has on a more consistent basis when he is on the field, gives him a slight edge over Travis Jones at this moment in time.
0: Yeah, I can see both. You know, I think here's the thing. If you're an odd front team looking for that elite two gapper, run stopper to free up your three techs, I think I think um Jordan Davis is your guy early on. If you're looking for a nose tackle who has that pass rushing presence, I, I'm not as confident in Davis being able to regulate his size and pad level, you know, in, over the long term than Travis Jones, who's shown that he can do that. I think Jones has shown a few more flashes in that phase right now. Davis is the better, you know, two-gapper, I think. So it all depends on what your preference is, what you're looking for. Uh, but a really interesting discussion be had there. Real quick, Ali, I'm going to hold you to 10, 15 seconds here. Got a few other names at defensive tackle, sleepers to watch. So Speaking of true nose tackle, and you're and you right about the um, scheme and need and what is it you
1: want out of the defensive tackle. And I think this class is a, a key component of that is, what are you looking for? What do you need in your defense? A guy that I don't think gets talked to for, about as a true nose tackle, John Ridgeway, 6'4", 327, big old arms relative to his size, physical, powerful, violent hands, great upper body strength, pushes the pocket well with power, showcases some passerish moves, uses his length to disengage some blockers, a high, a real high-motor guy. So he's a kind of uh, mid-round, uh, mid-day, so, sort of early day three guy I like. Eric Johnson um, out of Missouri State, 6'4", Two ninety nine pounds very athletic, very versatile, can play in, can play out. High school wrestler experience has developed. Body control, understanding the leverage, balance. Real Swiss army knife late in the draft, who I think will hear his name called, despite not being a guy that anyone really knew about coming into the process. Um, and then Mark Marquand McCall, who for me is... He's a he's a big old dude, brings the energy, a roadblock. You know, we talked about Jordan Davis being a roadblock in the the center of the defensive front. Incredibly strong upper body, energetic, infectious personality. Doesn't have a large pass us upside, I don't think, but he did show some explosive ability in that regard during the the Shrine Ball. Um he's a guy who I think late, later on in the draft is he's, he's gonna come in and just be a, a real energy guy for an NFL team
0: yeah I love those I'll throw out a few more too uh Tidio Obania nose tackle UCLA UCLA very powerful dude Thomas Booker versatile Stanford very athletic very smart player too and then Matthew Butler out of Tennessee I love the explosiveness the heavy hands that he provides let's move on to edge we've been talking about defensive tackle a lot we've got I think 12 minutes here so we'll try and pack as much as we can in but the edge rushers in this class and I feel like We were going to bring the top five first, but I think a better transition here. Let's just talk real quick about the guys that are projected to go one, two. I mean, uh, largely projected Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson in some combination at the top of the draft. And I know a lot of people have just been kind of accepting that at this point. That's what's going to happen. Do you agree with that, Ali? I know I have thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. You know, Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. What do you think about those guys? You know, do you think they're worth the pick? And, you know, where do you have them in your rankings? No, I really
1: don't, and and I've I've been lucky enough to be on a couple of shows in the last um, the week or so where I've been able to to fully explain my my opinion on this. I've been banging the drum for the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Evan Neal at first overall, and um, because I, I believe he gives them a the better chance to win. And you can get a pass rusher who is of an not an equal caliber, perhaps as the as what certainly what Trayvon Walker might eventually end up being um, at the top of the second round. Um, for me, I don't see this. Uh, I was on a Detroit Lions podcast. I was like, I do not see this obsession with taking Aiden Hutchinson or him being there at number two. Like D- Detroit Lion fans are so adamant that they want Aiden Hutchinson at two. They don't want Jacksonville Jaguars to take him, um, so that he's there. Now, Aiden Hutchinson comes in as a more refined prospect at the defensive end position than Trayvon Walker does. You know, we've seen what he brings to the table this year as a you know, red-hot motor guy, hard-working, lunch-pail type of prospect, extremely productive in his final year, which you want to see that trajectory um, as players come out of the college level. You want to see year-on-year year progression, and obviously he's coming off the best season of his career. I do love uh, some stuff about Aiden Hutchinson's game. I think he does play with an explosive first step. He's got violent, combative hands. He attacks with power. He's proven to be... A, a relatively twitchy lateral athlete for a guy who's six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds. But we've talked about his pitfalls sometimes. I, I certainly think probably on this in the spaces more than we have on this podcast. But shorter arms relative to his size, a really upright kind of stiff athlete doesn't have the elite bend that you know you you look out for a, a pass rush prospect. Is he, is he already at his ceiling as a prospect? And I think that is one of the big questions and almost the reverse of the problem that you've got with Trayvon Walker because the athletic upside with Trayvon Walker is insane. This is a guy when you switch on his tape, forget the testing numbers, which were insane, but you switch on the tape of Trayvon Walker, Like he blew my mind watching the watching Georgia Tate this year, watching him go to work. Like a guy who almost, you like you blink and you miss him. He's in the B gap one minute, he's in the A gap the next minute. If you're a if you're a three hundred and fifteen pound guard, how do you even like begin to start thinking about combating that level of athleticism for a guy who has played like that at two seventy five and two ninety? So the size, the length, the athleticism. It's kind of almost like build a build a prospect in that respect. The length he uses very well uh, to be disruptive. Long arm amongst several pass rush moves, he has shown that he's got a potent initial punch. He's got the power to walk um, interior and you know some offensive tackle prospects just walk them straight back to the quarterback. But there is a lot to develop about Trayvon Walker's game in terms of you know adding further pass rush weaponry adding counters to his game. The timing and placement of his punches is not always as consistent and accurate as you want it to be. He sometimes, despite having you know, 35 and a half-inch arms, he sometimes struggles to, to to finish a move, to take the quarterback to the ground. Lots of examples of quarterbacks evading his, his, um, his advances as a, as a tackler. So the upside, the athletic upside on Trayvon Walker is – highly tantalizing but this is a kid with a lot of development to do before he can be an elite player in the league and if you're using the first overall pick on him or even the second overall pick that is it's a risky move for me and now risky moves pay off they say he who dares wins but can you can you make that bet if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars can you make that bet if you're the Detroit Lions that is a really risky one and for me in terms of how they how they rank neither of them are the, uh, either of them are my top two pass rushers I do have Aiden Hutchinson above Trayvon Walker at this moment in time just because I think as you look at them coming into the league Hutchinson is more ready to go whereas Trayvon Walker there's a lot of projection about what he can be and I think what he can be if he pieces it all together is something incredible and something that will down the road potentially be a lot better than Aiden Hutchinson in the NFL but when you look at it right now, all projection
0: yeah i agree i love how you worded it you know they really have opposite problems right like one guy i don't want to take first overall because he's super stiff like i i don't get me wrong i think hutch is a good prospect i think there's a lot of redeeming qualities but i also think we're hearing we're hearing his name in the same breath as the bosa's right like let's let's slow down a little bit this is not in my opinion and i could be wrong we could look back and this is all wrong in my opinion this is not quite that blue chip guy that you would want to take a number one i mean he's very struggles a lot to bend you know he doesn't have a lot of ankle flexion not a lot of torso flexibility the hips lock up very often at the apex he's got great power capacity but even then his arms are a little shorter so i i kind of worry how he's going to fare against more athletic longer nfl tackles right so it's one of those things where he's got a high motor. And I do think at his peak projection, he could be a pro bowler. My comp for him is Patrick Kearney, the former Falcons guy who had a pretty solid career, right? But is he gonna be the alpha, the absolute you know producer on the edge? I'm not so confident in that. I'm, I'm really not. He doesn't quite have the upside that I want. He plays upright a lot. The pad level is a big problem. And it also saps at his explosiveness sometimes. I do think he has good natural explosiveness. But you don't always see that elite first step off the line because he's so upright. It stalls a lot. And that can allow tackles to get inside his torso. Just a lot of problems that I think are kind of getting glossed over right now. I wouldn't want to take him number one. Trayvon Walker would be my choice, number one. I, if, I would, if I had to pick one, and he's a little bit higher on my board because I think at least with Walker, maybe he becomes that transcendent blue chip type prospect. I'm not sure Hutchinson ever gets to that point. With Walker, like you said, you're, you're very much dealing with a multiple ball of clay, but he's a ball of clay right now. He's not, he's not a, you know, there's nothing there right now in terms of definition. You can move him around a lot, use that straight line power, uh, kind of like what Georgia did. They moved him all across the line, a lot of different alignments. And with that explosiveness, straight line power, that length, you know, he can be a very dangerous player. But in terms of being an independent producer on the edge with hand usage, not really, not really much in the toolbox yet. Now, if you can develop that, that's great. And I would rather invest in that than, you know, maybe take a player whose ceiling is already capped. But there's a lot of uncertainty with both. And I think that segues pretty nicely. You said you don't have either in the top two. This is why we can never stop being friends, Ali. I'm in the same boat. I don't I don't have either in the top two. My top five is as follows here, and then I'll let you give yours. But uh, Jermaine Johnson is my edge one. I was going back and forth a lot with this. A lot, man. Like, I was really thinking on it. Um, But I I made that call. You know, I do think very productive player. Um, Obviously, the production isn't one of what you want to look at. You want to look at the traits. And I think he has a lot of very good traits, too. He has very good bursts off the line. Very um, twitchy, really good lateral agility, something that stood out, especially at the Senior Bowl. And I think, you know, something that's been talked about a lot at Florida State, didn't quite have the, the rate of pass rush productivity that you'd expect, but he was playing contain a lot. There were a lot of run reads first, where he had to read the run and then rush the passer if it was a pass. There weren't a lot of, you know, not as often was he able to just pin his ears back and go? You know, a lot of times you have that little delay there. I think in the NFL, you know, if you use him in that pure pass rushing role where he can just pin his ears back and go, we saw at the Senior Bowl, he was dominant. No one could stop him. He's twitchy, he's fleet-footed, but at the same time, he's 6'5", 254, 34-inch arms. He's very flexible. I love the bend, too. I think he's got good bend capacity. He's shown he can use ankle flexion to get around the edge and roll his hips, something that I think both Hutchinson and Thibodeau haven't shown they can do consistently. So... I'm a big fan of Jermaine Johnson. He's got strong hands. He can win around the apex. Uh, He's my edge one by a pretty safe margin. Edge two is Kayvon Thibodeau. I I do love the explosiveness, the best first step in the class. He can really accelerate effortlessly around the edge. He's got great power capacity, great length. Still a work in progress with the hand usage and the hips aren't super flexible, but he does have some ankle flexion. He's a guy that I would want to invest in as long as the character checks out. From the outside perspective, I can't see anything wrong with that. But again, we're kind of limited in that, right? So NFL teams are doing their digging there. Arnold Abicady, Penn State, is my edge three. And he's a top 15 player for me. I really love the full tool chest that he has. I think you look at Abicady a little bit on the smaller side, 6'2", 3'8", but he's over 250. He's 251 pounds, so very dense player with 34-inch arms. So elite proportional length is what you're working with there. Explosive, very twitchy. He's got great power capacity. He can drive right into guys. But I also love his swipes. He's so fast, so violent. He can stack counters efficiently. Um, and he has the ankle flexion to win around the edge, right? So he's got bend, burst, length, everything that you're looking for. High motor guy. You know, I to me personally, you put him and Hutchinson side by side, it's not close. I would take Epicady. You know, like, and, and that's the conversation that's not really being had right now. Hutchinson is a lot younger. I think Epikady is going to be an older rookie, but I am much, I'm more confident in Katie's projection to the NFL by a decent margin, by a decent margin. So those would be my top three edges. And then my next two, I got George Karloftis, edge four, big fan of the, I, I do think he has pretty good burst. I think he's got great power. Uh, does need to refine his hand usage a little bit, but it's there. And he's a great run stuffer. Uh, I do think he has some underrated bend ankle flexion. Uh, so there is that as well. And then Trayvon Walker is my edge five. You know, just the upside for me. Weighs him up a lot. Got a lot of work to do, but he's a good prospect either way. So who are your top five, Ali? And then I guess we'll wrap it up with a few sleepers.
1: Yeah, so I've got uh, Trayvon Walker at five. George Kalafdis at four. Aiden Hutchinson comes in at three. Jermaine Johnson, that two for me. I I love J- Jermaine Johnson, and I think him and Kayvon Thibodeau are very close. Um, for me, um, Jermaine Johnson, he's he's got everything there that you need. Um, I think he's prone to rely on power more than the finesse that he has. We well, has been at the college level, shall I say. Um, he if he can show that he can switch, that he relies. Not just on the power, and uses his finesse more at the next level. I do think we're talking about a guy who can be elite at the NFL level. Um, the bend is great. I don't think the bend's elite uh, by by any stretch of the imagination, but it is certainly a lot better than you know some of the guys we've talked about, Aiden Hutchinson, for example. Uh, but for me, for, for me, Caden Thibodeau is my my top ranked edge rusher. Um, I think I just feel like he's a little bit more explosive um than than um jermaine johnson at this point in time showcases the speed to get into the backfield speed against the uh, the run in pursuit i think he's just a little tick faster i know they both tested four five eight in the 40 yard dash but the 10 split cave on thibodeau with a little nose on, on jermaine johnson and i think you you see that on tape um and he's 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 got the power he's got the power cave on thibodeau that you don't expect out of him for a guy that came into the college football level just as a, a blur of flying around the edge. And I I remember watching him against Auburn in in 2019 and his first college football game came flying around the edge, like an absolute maniac. And, and, and I think that's kind of how people categorize Kayvon Thibodeau But he is extremely powerful, plays very well against the broad, uses, yeah, I agree is there some refinement to do with his handwork, but he uses his length and his hands well. Converts speed to power excellently, um, and and you the, the character thing that you reference is a really great point, and one of the pitfalls of evaluating from afar far is we've heard all these rumours about Kayvon Thibodeau and the off-field character, the desire to play football. From the outside, it seems to me like Kayvon Thibodeau is an intelligent, driven, motivated off-field individual who gives back to his local community, his... A smart guy, he's turned on to what you need to succeed in the world. He knows football isn't going to be forever. He has other interests outside of football. In order to elongate that off-field football success, I don't think the NFL likes that. I don't think the NFL GMs or, you know, all the guys who are kind of stuck in the mud and stuck in their ways, I don't think they like to see people come in with creativity and ingenuity that doesn't involve just going out there and kicking ass on the football field every Sunday. And I, and I think it scares a lot of NFL GMs. And I think some of that is where you see the the stuff around Kayvon Thibodeau. And I, I might be wrong because I'm not involved directly in the situation. I'm not around him all the time. I'm not in meeting rooms. But from the outside looking in, that's very much the feeling that I get around Kayvon Thibodeau's current situation. So th- for me, I, I still have him very highly on my board. He's still my edge one. But those two are very, very close, Jermaine Johnson and Kayvon Thibodeau.
0: I love him, man. I love it. We are... We are negative two minutes. We, we got to wrap this up soon, man. <laughs> but hey, okay, rapid fire time, Ali. We love this rapid fire round. Give me three. Well, I'll give him first three sleepers at the edge position. I'll give Alex Wright from UAB. Love this dude. Big, uh, athletic. He's got great bend, and he's a good run stopper, too. Really great in pursuit. I think he's really underrated. Potential top 100 guy for me. Um, I would say Dominic Robinson in Miami, Ohio. He's got all the tools, needs a lot of refinement, but a former wide receiver, pretty new to the position, and he's got all the tools that you could look for. And then I'm gonna go, I'm gonna dig deep for this one. But David Anini out of Houston, uh, very good first step, very good proportional length. I look at him as kind of a discount on Lebikadi. I think you know the hand usage needs a refinement, the motor needs to, you know, he doesn't always run quite as hot as Lebikadi but he's got tools. I would love to get this guy. If he goes undrafted, I'd love to get him in my uh, on my 90-man roster. So those are my three sleepers. Who you got, Ali?
1: So I've got the Aiden Hutchinson of the Martin West, or he was so, he was so called. Cameron are
0: we going to hear, hear the comp? Are we going to hear the comp? No. The Aztec God of War? No, we're not going to
1: hear it. No. For the, we, that's for the spaces. We said we saved that for this, the last space. That's,
0: that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. And maybe Continue. the last maybe the last
1: podcast. Maybe we'll sneak it in on Monday. Um, Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State for me is... Uh, I guess I have a type of pass rusher because I, I I love watching this kid just be able to walk guys backwards with one arm while putting their arm up in the air and disrupting passive lane passing lanes. He's a straight straight line to the quarterback power rusher who um, I don't think gets the credit he deserves. I think he would have elevated his stock if he'd have been able to play at the senior ball. Um, wasn't intimidated by the senior ball. I think it was a hamstring injury that that caused Cameron Thomas to to miss substantial time there. Jeffrey Gunter out of Coastal Carolina. It's not a podcast appearance or a radio show that I'm on if I'm not talking about Jeffrey Gunter. Highly underrated, long, powerful, um, versatile defensive lineman who could play 4-3 defensive end or 3-4 outside linebacker. He's convinced of that fact. I tend to believe him. And then Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State feels like it'd be wrong to talk about a pass rush class without talking about an Ohio State guy. I think Tariq Smith has got a lot of the tools that you look for in an NFL pass rusher. Not always um, as intellectually tuned into the game. There's, I remember watching him against Clemson where he was a good like second behind the snap, but he's explosive. He's got a lot of the traits you look for in a pass rusher. I think he could end up being a steal for a team in the later rounds of the 2022 NFL Draft.
0: And I do want to, yeah, I love those names, man. I do want to, I just realized we never mentioned David Ajabo in this podcast. I haven't finalized his grade yet, but he might break into the top five for me. I was very high on him. The injury obviously clouds his stock, but he's right up there. Boye Mafe is another one. Bottom line, there's a ton of edge talent in this class. And I think you look at, you know, the guys, I, I might have Ajabo over this. So if I had to guess where he lands just based on pure tape, it would probably be that edge four. Uh, but I do, I do really like, a lot of what the, what this class has to offer, you know, top end talent, sleepers, maybe not that blue chip guy. I don't think either Walker, we've said Walker Hutchinson is that guy, but there is a lot of talent to choose from. A lot of different molds. It's a good class to, you know, have, have a need for that. So a fun time to talk about this stuff. We are way over, so I will wrap this up. Thank you all for listening uh, to the latest episode of the PFM Premier NFL Draft Podcast. We've only got two episodes left before the NFL Draft. So please stay tuned. Next week on Monday, it'll be out on Tuesday. We got quarterbacks. And then after that, just going to do a little preview, uh, maybe answer some questions. We'll figure it out. We like winging it, but that's all for now. Until next time, everyone peace out. Have a good one.